Okay, so where I left off yesterday was that we were everywhere. Okay, now we started in Africa and we literally walked into Europe and into Asia and we would have hop skipped and jumped along the islands to all the way to Australia. But we hadn't hit North or South America yet. There was just it was just too far away. It was thousands and thousands and thousands of miles of ocean. And as far as we're aware, we couldn't make that voyage, at least not, you know, 50 odd thousand years ago. But 20,000 years ago, there was a shift in our climate and the Bering Strait opened up. So when you look at a world map, in the very top left-hand corner, typically you're going to see Alaska. And in the very top right-hand corner, you're going to see the most eastern point of Russia. Now, you know that the Earth's not flat. I hope you know the Earth's not flat. The Earth is, the Earth is spherical. Those maps are on a page just to give us a, an all-encompassing view of the whole world in one, from one viewpoint. But Alaska and Russia essentially touch. Like when you wrap that map around a ball, those two parts practically touch. Now, 20,000 years ago, there was a shift in climate. And my understanding is that either the sea level dropped so that you could walk on what was the seabed or the ice receded. So instead of there being an ice sheet and nothing but blizzards, you could actually walk across. But one way or the other, we managed to make it from eastern Russia, say, to North America. And from there, we were able to walk and boat along the coast all the way down to South America. Now, interestingly enough, that happened around 20,000 years ago, but it closed up. That pathway closed about 10,000 years ago, which essentially left North and South America completely isolated, as far as we're aware at least, for tens of thousands of years. Okay, another thing that I didn't mention actually that in relation to us humans, in relation to us being bipedal, was persistence hunting. So believe it or not, if you are fit enough, like if you're fit enough to run marathons, you're fit enough to outrun a horse or a, a cow or any large animal that you might want to eat. And the reason being, if you go legging it after a horse, it'll just fucking fly away from you. On all four legs, it's far faster over short distances. But over long distances, it's more economical to get around on two feet. So we used to do this thing called persistence hunting, which would be we'd pick an animal, typically an animal with huge big horns or antlers or something like that, that would be heavy over, that, that would weigh you down over a long period. And we just jog after it. We'd bring our spear with us and we'd jog after it. It'd run like fuck as soon as it realized we were trying to chase it down get to a certain point that it was a mile away from you and then basically just assured that it's after escaping from you, rest until you obviously caught up with it. You chase it again, it bolts, you keep coming, you keep coming, you keep coming until the final point happens whereby the animal just keels over with exhaustion. You just walk up and at your leisure, you can dispatch the animal. So that was just an important thing about how we walk on two feet that's relatively relevant. Anyway, so we've left Africa, we've spread like fuck, and along the way we've developed tools, so think clothes and weapons, which both I suppose are just an extension of tools. We've conquered fire so that we can, as well as stay warm by wrapping ourselves up, we can actually add warmth during the night. So a campfire is essentially your own little private sun at night. It keeps you warm, okay? 
a massive advantage on other animals. We've also started to develop language. Okay, so now that we're everywhere and we're settling in places that have an abundance of food, typically river valleys, we, ha we start to have larger concentrations of people in these areas because there's more food to sustain people. And some genius along the way discovers agriculture. Some genius discovers that if you scatter seeds at a certain time of the year in certain types of ground, in a month or two or a couple of months, you'll actually be able to eat what grows up out of it. Now, this is the key part in our human, in, in our species story. An important thing that I haven't mentioned is river valleys are huge. Literally, river valleys could be hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of miles long and wide. They cover huge, big areas. So don't think of it as though the Indus River Valley civilization or North Chico or Mesopotamia or even Egypt. I think Egypt is a good example. I think most people think when they think of Egypt, they think of Cairo. But Egypt, 6,000 years ago, and that's the time period that I'm talking about now, there, thereabouts, between six-ish thousand years ago, that's where all these civilizations started springing up. So the ones that I mentioned before, the big ones, the main ones, the, what, are, what were once called are still called the cradle of our civilizations. We used to think it all came out of Egypt or Mesopotamia. We now know that they independently kind of sprang up in river valleys, give or take about 6,000 years ago. The main ones are Egypt, the Egyptians, Mesopotamia, the Indus River Valley Civilization, the Yellow River Civilization, and the North of Chico. Okay? They're the, the main big ones that people usually mention, and they're all about 6,000 years ago. And what they all have in common was farming. What farming allowed people to do was have towns. Basically, what it meant was you could provide more food in a particular area than was ever previously available before. Because if you walked into an area, let's say you, you, let's say you stumble across mead, hypothetically, you, you're, you and your tribe discover mead. And like, happy days, there's food here to beat the band. You wouldn't all just live in Navan and then trek to the outskirts of the county when you needed. You'd end up living everywhere. So you'd end up living in villages and smaller towns and cities. So there's a good spread and these civilizations would have been the same. But what farming allowed people to do is farming allowed more and more people to live in smaller, smaller spaces. And what that did was it freed up people's time. Your time wasn't perpetually filled up by trying to feed yourself and trying to defend yourself. If you lived in a walled village, and when I say a walled village, I mean, you know, a collection of buildings for want of a better term it could have been just tents or shacks or shelters but presumably they would have encased them in some sort of a fence to keep the wildlife out to keep the animals out now we live in the opposite these days we build fences to keep animals in but anyway with all these people living together it freed up people's time people's time was freed up to create better clothes better foods so not just eating what came out of the ground but actually mixing them and crushing the grain down to produce flour and all this kind of thing happened when people were had the time free to do it now the different towns and the different cities in the same river valleys would have had different resources so some of them would have been rich in a particular type of wood that was particularly good for making spears say so one town is where all the spears came from another town is where all the clothes came from because maybe they had certain fibers cotton or whatever growing in that particular region 
that was better than what was growing in other regions. So one town became the closed town. One town became the weapon town. Maybe another town became the musical town because there was just some genius musician dude. Who knows? But the point being that different towns had their advantages. And what that made was, or what that meant was, trade could happen. So if you had an abundance of spears, but maybe not enough clothes, maybe you could hand over a few spears for a few cloaks or whatever it was. Now, in order for that to happen, there obviously had to be language. There had to be common ground between all these different peoples. And the more sales that started happening, the more we needed to keep track of the sales. So you needed people to keep track and to keep track of things meant writing. So for the first time ever, the written word was was relevant. We needed to be able to log more than you could remember. And with all these new people, you would have needed somewhere for them to live. So you would have had specialization. That would have developed. You would have got people who were better at making clothes than making food. You would have had better, you would have had people who had better huts than others. So when their time was freed up, they built huts, huts for other people. So you can see how specialization kind of got kicked off. So people became very good at building houses. And they needed to because the better a town got, the more people were attracted to it. The more people that were attracted to it, the more houses you needed, the more food you needed, the more weapons you would have needed to protect yourself from maybe another tribe of people who wanted all your shit. The better the place has become, the more people are drawn to it. And you need more food, more houses, which means you need writing, which means you've got business, which means you need rules or laws, which means there's hierarchies. You've essentially discovered or created society. And it would appear that this all happened independently about 6,000 years ago. But here's the weird one. Here's where it gets fucking interesting. Okay, so the general consensus, if you Google the first civilizations, you'll hear all the different places that I've mentioned, and it'll all be congruent with the timeline. All these places sprang up independently about 6,000 years ago. Okay, now, over the course of the next couple of hundred years, with trade and with better boats and with better means of travel and all the rest of it, certain places became more important than than others. Mesopotamia seems to have been where, where everything really happened. It just seems to have been a better civilization than others. And one reason for that was it was between Egypt and the Indus River River Valley civilization. Jesus. It was between Egypt and the Indus River civilization. It was between Egypt and the Indus River Valley civilization. Jesus Christ. But the thing about Mesopotamia being in between those two places, if you wanted to get from Egypt to the Indus River Valley civilization, you had to go through Mesopotamia. So Mesopotamia would have been a real melting pot between the two other cultures, as well as being its own culture in its own right. But I digress. So all of these places all popped up around 6,000 years ago. You just Google how old is human civilization, pretty much every website will tell you 6,000 years ago. Okay, that's what we were taught in school. That's been the prevailing narrative forever basically or as long as we've had an interest in our own history but here's the fucking weird thing there's this place in what we would call turkey today called gobekli tepe that has all the hallmarks of an advanced civilization so it has stone carvings it has blocks that weigh several tons maybe 20 30 tons possibly more up 50 foot off the ground on top of pillars. It's a ruins. 
but it's clearly the ruins of a very advanced civilization. It's astronomically aligned for fuck's sake. Okay, these people understood the stars. So they weren't just out down from the trees. These were an advanced civilization, without question. The only weird thing is they're from 12,000 years ago. They predate all the civilizations that I've mentioned, all the quote-unquote first civilizations, and not by, you know, 50 years or 100 years, by 6,000 years. Okay, so we've basically just missed at least 6,000 years of our ancient history. And hopefully the map that I'm going to throw up to accompany this episode will, will get across the point of how the consensus is Here's all our ancient civilizations, and it's not even on it. Gobekli Tepe isn't even on it. And it'd be weird enough if Gobekli Tepe was first discovered last year, the year before. I first heard about it fucking 10 years ago. I actually can't, I don't know when it was discovered, but it's well plus 10 fucking years. And we know 100% for certain that it's, you know, 12,000 years. I think it's 11,700, but we've nailed the dating on it. There can be no confusion. There's no mistake. It's not a lot younger than we think it is. And here's another fucking head melter for you. There's another thing that we know for an absolute certainty about Gobekli Tepe. It was buried. It was intentionally buried. The whole place was intentionally buried. Why? By who? We haven't a fucking clue. And I'll chat you tomorrow.